Janita Stanton, we have Reginald Perriman and Kashaka Williams. We are Tasari. There's something about real estate. And we have a special guest with us, Emma of Detroit's Title on Escrow. Yay. All right. <laughs> All right. The one and the only. Yes, sir. Hey, guys. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Most people are familiar with you in the real estate world here in Detroit, but just tell us a little bit about your background and when you got started and who you are. Okay. Well, um, I always tell this story. I got started in new construction, believe it or not. Um, didn't know what I was getting walking into. I just needed a job. Okay. And so I picked up a um, part-time job through the temporary agency. I was living in Detroit. The job was in Novi. You know, back in the day, we didn't know what Novi was. You right. know, like 15, <laughs> 20 years ago, right. there wasn't a Novi. But anyways, I picked up a job at a temporary agency just shuffling papers. You know, they was like, do some filing. And I was like, oh, okay, great. It was $9 an hour. Whoa, $9. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, again, during that time, being a single mom, 9 bucks was cool. You know, you get paid weekly. And uh, it happened to be for a construction company. Um, if you've been around, Reg, you've been around. Right. You you too. Um, Crosswinds Communities. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember yeah. Bernard Gleiberman? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so it, it was for him. And I went in just, again, typical filing. And I, I don't know. Maybe I just picked up on it. I don't know. Next thing you know, it went from me <laughs> doing basic filing to actually reviewing purchase agreements. From right. reviewing purchase agreements to becoming a closing agent, like signing as you know, right. by way of a resolution for this guy. Then I went into processing mortgages like three years wow. later. This is back when, for those of you that know, there's been in the game, desktop underwriting, yeah. DU and LP. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Um, so this is back when all you had to do is get everything and just fax it over and get yeah. an approval. Right. He happened to have his own mortgage. <laughs> facts, right. You know, I'm, I'm old school. Right. <laughs> he happened to have his own mortgage company. So wow. I was processing loans. So, I mean, you know, I touched on new construction, I went into processing mortgages. And the funny thing is, I didn't understand the title side. You know, all I knew, and it's the same thing that you guys know, I want to close. I know I got to send it to the title company. I needed the title company to do whatever they is to work magic. I still don't understand title. Get get, get me work magic. Title title person, do whatever you got to do to get me to the closing table. Right. I got to answer to my boss. We have a quota to meet. So mind you, I didn't know what title was, but I just knew... I knew what I needed when I wanted it, and I'm sending you all my business. Make it happen. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Again, not knowing, and they was making it happen, and you know what? We was good. <laughs> and I kind of outgrew the loan part of it. Things kind of got bored, and I'm like, okay, I'm ready to move on. I was offered a position on the title side, and that's when I went to appreciate title insurance hmm. right. and the title company. Because I had no idea, me just faxing over this last-minute contract and this last-minute clear to close, (laughs) saying, I need you to make this happen on, it's Monday, I need to close by Wednesday. And this was before we had CDs and three-day reviews and all this other stuff, and the numbers changing at the table, you know. And I didn't realize what what all went into it. They hadn't pulled title, they hadn't examined anything, but they couldn't tell us no, because at that time, we sending you 100 deals a month. What you going to say? Mm-hmm. Let me make it happen. So when I went on the other side, that's when I had an appreciation for what 
the title people go through. And I'm talking back in the day was when you had to fax your funding documents over. Yeah. You had to schedule your closing 10 days in advance. Yeah. You know, it was, it was so different than now. But anyways, when I went to the title side, I never looked back. And that's kind of where my career started. 2004 title with uh, Kathy Lamont over oh, at yeah. uh, Le uh, Lamont title. Yeah. I can't remember now. And went from that. And then in 2013, that's when I launched on my own. I walked right. away from a, what, $65,000 salary. Right. was like, mm, I don't want to work for anyone anymore. Right. So I started doing title out of the back of my uh, truck. Yeah. It was a flex. My husband <laughs> looked at me like, you walking away from what? I was like, and he worked at AT&T. He didn't know anything about real estate. Right. And I was like, just trust me on this. I want to do this. I think I could do this, you know? I walked away from that. Everyone was looking at me like, you crazy. I was like, but I know what I'm capable of, you know? Right. So I was doing title out of my truck for a minute. Then I picked up an office in the Davis Stop building. I don't remember the Davis yeah, Stop building. Yeah. yeah, I picked up a little office, probably the size of this in there. And I was doing title out of there with my partner, Davin. And yeah. we just took off from there. So it was two of us. We went from two of us to like five of us. My door always rocked with us. Right. We probably got about 17 employees now. Mm -hmm. Two yeah. offices. Looking for a third. Mm. So the, um, Hold on, where y'all looking for a third at? Um, the Livernois 7, Devin's oh. going to kill me because I'm putting it out there. It's the oh, Livernois okay. 7 mile area. I want to be in the heart of it. I want to be in the heart of it. Detroit title, this <laughs> right. is what it is. I want to be in the heart of it. Uh, okay. So I got my eye on a few spots. He's going to kill me because I told him I was going to do it. Sorry, well, You Devin. heard yeah, it first sorry. here. Sorry, Devin. You heard it first. It's going down. <laughs> so you, when you were at Lamont, you guys did a lot of commercial because a lot of people don't know your experience with commercial properties. Oh, yeah. Okay. We did, um... Just a little bit about my background, and thanks right. for that. I mean, I'm I'm not just this investor-friendly title company. Right. Um, my background started with nothing but vacant land with the city of Detroit, NSP mortgages, yeah. neighborhood stabilization. So we're talking, I will walk in a room, and I will probably close 100 properties. We call it parcels at right. one time. Mm. So I'm walking in a legal office, and the table probably longer than this, and they're just shuffling papers, mm -hmm. and we're just signing on documents. So I'm talking millions, right. millions right. of dollars. And we had a team that we would be up all night sometime. Right. You know, we had the Wayne County. The, um, treasurer's tax foreclosure mm -hmm. project. So we probably looking at 30, 40 properties, 30, 40,000 properties right. a month for that. You know, and then we're doing millions of dollars in tax credit. So, you know, right. my, my, um, my level of doing this isn't just this residential or the retail. It goes all the way to commercial land assemblage. Right. So we take 100 parcels, uh, well, 100 properties, and we would put them together Right. apply for an application to consolidate to create mm -hmm. one big piece of land mm, right you know so i mean this is years of experience and that's also where i gained my title tax foreclosure yeah. experience well yeah. so mm -hmm. yeah so this goes so, way back message that's, right? that's why the message is that she she's not an overnight celebrity yeah, yeah. 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 Just, just come and yeah. uh overnight two, huh? look three kids one was already with me my other two kids carried on both pregnancies. Mm -hmm. I'm in the law firm. I mean, every, everyone knew me. I had my little roll bag, my little heel, like, because I had to keep my heel. I'm eight months pregnant. I got my little heel right. on. And I'm up in there just, you know, signing documents. And this is when we had to go stand in line at the county, yeah. had to pull favors. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, so my my background goes, it goes back. Um, I, I need to um, kind of pull it back a little bit. What is title? Title insurance. Sure. That's, okay. that's what it is. Um, <laughs> the first thing that I, I need for you guys or for the audience to understand is that there's a title agency or a title underwriter, right. title policy, and then there's the escrow agent. 
So most of us in the industry, when you look at Detroit Title and Escrow um, Agency, or you look at some of the other title companies and they have the right. word agency behind them, understand that we're an agent for the actual underwriter, which is where you're getting your title policy from. So we're just a small guy that's bringing, it's like a broker. We're right. bringing the deal to the table just as if you walked in an insurance company that right. could offer you different policies from different underwriters, whether it's State Farms, AAA, <coughs> LA Insurance, or whomever. They say, okay, I got a few I can write under. That's right. the same thing with my role over at Detroit Title and Escrow. I'm an agent okay. for that underwriter. To become an agent for that underwriter, I must be licensed. So not only do I do this, but I'm also, I'm licensed. I've been licensed um, for about seven, well, long as I've been doing title. Right. So probably the last 17 years or so, I've had my license with the state of Michigan. Mm. So, you know, when people call, well, I'm going to report you to the uh, same thing. I have to have a license right. in order to be an agent for the underwriter. So the underwriters are the big dogs. Right. Those are your Fidelity National Title, your North American Title Insurance Company, your First American Title Insurance mm -hmm. Company. So when you hear that, you know you're dealing with the underwriter directly. Right. versus when you're looking at us, we're a writer for that underwriter. So the underwriter has vetted us. They've looked at our history. They've looked at how we have our business layout. And right. that is say, okay, you have your license. So with your license, you can bind us on all of your different transactions that you're insuring. So right. how it starts, it starts with the title search. So before we can even talk about title insurance or a title policy, right. we have to look at how do we get there? We get there by doing what's called a title search. Some folks call it a title commitment and or a title report. That's basically pulling all the data from the public records of documents that have been recorded on this property, right. any property. The title standards is generally you go back 40 years for residential. If it's commercial and it's older commercial, you probably go back 100 years mm -hmm. because everything needs to connect. And when I say everything, I mean the recorded documents, A to B to B to C. The moment we miss a document, we say we have what's called a break. In the chain of right. title. Mm -hmm. So okay. that's what we mean by that. So once we do the search of all the documents that have been recorded against a piece of land, releases, mortgages, what have you, we come up with what's left over, what hasn't been released, what mortgage hasn't been released, right. what taxes haven't been paid, what is the stray deed or the stray document, things that do not connect. Right. And that's when we generate the title commitment or the report. That report always will outline who the current owner is, recorded owner. Who well, the current owner of record is. And I put that out there. We know why. <laughs> and, you know, you may even hear it as fee simple. But who's the recorded owner of record? Now, you can have two people. You can have the owner, the true owner. Mm -hmm. Then right. you can have a fraudulent deed. Mm -hmm. You can have an erroneous deed. Mm -hmm. You can have a deed, um, a, 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 anything. And we can't ignore that deed. Even if we know it's fraudulent, we can't ignore mm -hmm. it. So what we do is we raise the interest okay. of that document. Because we're saying that's the owner. But we got this deed out here, and we need to deal with it at some point or some kind of way. Right. So, um, again, your title search is always going to outline the owner. Any encumbrances, liens or encumbrances, you guys talked about that, mortgages, right. um, taxes, other miscellaneous affidavits or things that may go on. But we also go a little bit further, and we search the owner's name or the seller's name. Because what you got to understand is to give a comprehensive search, if you own real estate, Jonita, and you have some personal obligations going on in your life, maybe you're going through a divorce, maybe you are you're in the middle of a bankruptcy, you're filing bankruptcy, but you're selling real estate, how you broke? Mm. You see what right. I'm saying? Right. That I matters. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> <laughs> um, or you, you can have a um, state of federal tax lien filed against you. Folks don't understand, and this is my day-to-day -day conversation. 
Those liens <laughs> filed against you as an individual, now you picking up real estate. Now that real estate becomes an asset and that lien attaches. So that's one of the reasons we run those names. For anyone that's in that chain of title that's a potential seller. Mm-hmm. Right. So once we gather all that data, we put it in that old fancy three, four-page report that we send you guys, and you call me and say, what is this? Did you read it? No. So that's the title search or commitment. Now that is our tool to get to the closing table. That's our gu- That's what I call our guide. Right. We take that report and we dissect it. Okay, we know who the owner is. The owner matches my purchase agreement, or maybe it doesn't. Explanation for that. Up second page is where we talk about all those liens or encumbrances, the issues right. we got to deal with. How quickly can I get to the close table? As quick as you can give me an IRS payoff. Right. As quick as you can tell me where this fraudulent deed came from or can we find this person. As quick as you can give me a copy of your divorce degree because these are things that we found right. during our search. As quick as you can give me a mortgage payoff if we're paying that loan off because we found that during our search. So what we're saying is essentially the commitment is in order to get to the close and get a title policy, you have to do A, B, C, and D. Mm-hmm. And one of the other things you have to do is you have to pay the title company. Right. The policy isn't binded until all the requirements are satisfied and the title company is paid. Right. That's how that works. So we start with the search. We satisfy those requirements that we've identified. I'm sure we'll talk about it more. Once those requirements are satisfied, generally at closing, that's normally right. when it happens. Right. You know, the seller signs a deed over to the new buyer. We get the money from the lender or the cash deal. We pull it out who all need to be paid. Right. We're paying the taxes to water. We're paying off the mortgage. We've already established that. Okay, that deed was a family member. They came in and deeded out or whatever we needed to do to cure that matter. All the requirements have now been satisfied. We have the money. The closing has been finalized. Now you have a title policy because all the requirements have been satisfied. So back up one second. So all of these requirements, not all the requirements have to be settled before you close. Some can be settled at closing. So, for example, someone owes back taxes they don't have to go pay the taxes. Yeah. They can come out of the proceeds of the sale, Correct. just like your mortgage balance and things like and that. And we generally like for it. To, we don't don't get it twisted. We right. grab some folks like I'm going out of pay. No, 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 no. Don't go pay, pay the taxes. Right. We'll yeah. take care of the taxes as you indicated. From whatever you get in twenty thousand, and you owe five. We're gonna pull it off of the twenty. Right. You know, we're gonna pull this mortgage off a of bigger number. We're gonna pull it maybe five thousand dollars. Right. We're gonna pull all all of that off of the twenty. So when you walk out of here, Mister Seller. You you sold it for twenty. We pulled off all your costs. Here's your check for two thousand. Here's your right. check for three right. or, or whatever right. it is. But it's our role as the title company to make sure that those items have been satisfied. Right. So that's the preference for us to say we're going to pay those taxes. Right. That's the preference for us to say we're going to pay that water. That's definitely the preference for us to say we're going to pay off that mortgage because I'm on the hook. You know, if I leave it to you to pay the mortgage off and right. I've had it happen, I leave you to pay the taxes. You write the check just to satisfy me, but the check ain't good. And then now it bounced. I'm on the hook because right. I told the new buyer yeah, that they're that. insured, that right. they have clear title. We call, what, what clear title is called is marketable title. Right. I've given them a policy. Right. I've told them that they have marketable title, which trumps the warranty deed. Mm-hmm. You right. know. Wait, so, quick question, because me and Shaka had this debate. I saw you. Uh, <laughs> so I personally, I think quick claim deeds are oh. all right. <laughs> uh, so as long as you do, the, you take the proper steps to make sure that you have clear title. He just don't like them at all. 
no. I well, said so. So for me, we got the tape. No, no. <laughs> what I said is, I said for me. So if you're a, a experienced investor, right? So you, I don't know the title like Emma, but I right. understand title. You know what I mean? Okay. I understand the basics, right? right? I know how to see the the break in the chain of title, right? Right. I know what I got to do. Um, so for us, you know, you can, uh, I can, I can pay Emma to do a title search right? and she sends me the, and, and I know how to look at page two right. and see all the issues, <laughs> right? Right. Uh, most people don't know how to, don't understand right. that, right? So I'm saying, because most people don't understand that, it's not for most people. Right. You know, a quick claim deed is for ex- super experienced uh, investors. Not yeah. people that think they experience. Not people that go around saying, "I," uh, not, yeah. you know what I mean? No, nah, you really got to understand what you're doing. Right. You know what I mean? That's all, That's what I was saying. Okay. We don't let I Emma just, answer, then y'all going to yeah. be mad at me. Yeah. Emma. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Even with that, and I see where you're going with it, right. and where people, and one thing where you fall short at is, yeah, you're going to call me, you're going to say, I'm going to do this on a quick claim deed if it's a good deal, right. and I know I can take care of some things. And I'll give you a title search. Mm-hmm. Right. Keep in mind, I just explained. Mm-hmm. It's a title search. Until certain things have been satisfied, you are not insured. It's not a policy. Also, to take it one step further, with the search as title folks, we can only show the data or the data that's recorded. It could be deeds out there floating Mm -hmm. around that we obviously Mm -hmm. aren't privy to. It could be deeds that are in the queue of being recorded or maybe e-recorded, but we can't see it because it's in that gap that we know about with the various counties right. or it could have just been walked over to the county for recording and my man's got it back in his hand at the counter but I put my search out. I A title search is only what it is. It's an informative report at that time until certain requirements have been satisfied. So I give you this report. It has a cert date on it. Right. This is everything I can see up to this date of what I can see from, from my title perspective. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, it looks good. It looks good. So you're like, okay, yeah, it looks good. I'm going to go ahead and do this quick claim deed transaction. And after you've done that, something pops up later and you're calling me and you're saying, yo, you gave me a title report or the search and I I bought this based on this quick claim deed. Now, where did this come from? And as much as I like you, as much as I do, (laughs) I'm going to tell you, and I told you this before, you only got a search and the search was only good through that certification date for what was recorded. You didn't convert that to a policy. Mm -hmm. So I can't guarantee Right. Nothing. So you know? she said, wait, so, but she said the key word though, if you satisfy those requirements, you can convert it to a policy. On a warranty deed. But you okay. would get a warranty deed. On, on a warranty right. deed. Now, right. and, I, and I, I saw you guys talking about that. Most cases where you generally can get title insurance, and, and right. let me just, the reason, let me put the reason behind it. Mm-hmm. Okay. The warranty, and most people be like, and you hear them all the time, I want a warranty mm-hmm. deed, I want a warranty deed. You guys know, you know, <laughs> right. I, right. no, what you want is title insurance. I have no money in the bank, but I'm going to give you this warranty deed telling you that I warrant the property, it's free and clear, liens and encumbrances, yep. and I nice. have no idea what's going on with it. And now you want to sue me mm-hmm. because it's a warranty deed, hence warranty, mm-hmm. meaning that mm-hmm. I'm warranting this. Right. Take me to court all day long, what you going to get, my pennies? Yep. I don't have anything. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you take that warranty deed and you couple it with, with the title insurance. policy of the title right. insurance 
for you, from a buyer's perspective, that's what you want. You want mm -hmm. the title insurance. Mm -hmm. You want the big dogs on mm -hmm. your side. Mm -hmm. You right. know, you want me to take my license and make sure I've done my due diligence and I bind you with the underwriter. And what sellers fail to realize, because believe it or not, I get this question, well, why do I need the title company? Because I'm protecting you. <laughs> right. Right. I'm protecting uh -huh. you because if there is an issue, Mr. Seller, and you didn't know about it, but you've given a warranty deed, it could be something going on that you didn't know about, that's you right. know? Right. Um, you've given a warranty deed, and if you don't have the title insurance, Shock is going to come after you. Mm -hmm, right. Versus if you if you've purchased some title insurance, he's going to come after me first because he know where the, where the money at. Right. He know where he's likely to be yep. made whole if there's a, an actual right. loss. You see what I'm saying? Right. So everyone's like, I want a warranty deed, or why do I need the title company? Because I'm protecting both of you guys. Right. So you you, hold on. So you can't so, get insurance on the quick claim deed. You um, you can. Mm -hmm. If it's most governmental entities, mm -hmm. all they will issue mm -hmm. is a quick claim deed. Right. Because, again, warranty is I'm warranting the, the history of this property. I'm warranting to you that there's no issues right. and, and, and so forth. Mm -hmm. Whereas a quick claim, I'm telling you, I'm giving you what I have and what knowledge I have. Mm -hmm. So most governmental entities, land bank and mm -hmm. other right. counties, mm -hmm. that's why you only see the quick claim deed. Mm -hmm. When you were doing REOs, yep. I mean, in REOs, they generally only do... A quick claim deed, or they or may a do special, a covenant, yeah, yeah. special warranty deed, deed or, or a covenant deed. deed. Right. Um, in cases like that, we are able to ensure because we understand the dynamics of where those deeds are coming from right. and why. You know, we you get the blanket approval from your underwriter. Mm -hmm. you, you know, you get your approvals as an escrow agent, and then we know what we can do. But if it's just you saying. Hey, I'm giving a um, quick claim deed. No, I cannot day. insure because right. mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I want you as seller mm -hmm. to give the warranty deed because when I put a policy behind it, there's a document that you sign at closing, mm -hmm. an affidavit, and there's a series of questions right. that you have to answer. And you are testing that this is factual. Mm -hmm. And if for some reason you was dishonest with me on something and you caused by not telling me something, you caused the potential loss. Yes, the buyer's going to come to me for title insurance, right. but then I'm going after you, you Mr. Mm -hmm. Seller. Now, again, you probably don't have anything in the bank, yep. but at least I have that warranty deed to right. be able to go after you. I got to make my buyer home. So what you're saying right. is, yes, you can insure uh, a quick claim deed with an entity like the the county or yes, yeah. you know what I mean, but not with us I individuals. Know that, I know insurance policy normally um, they cost more, don't they? No, you have your basic um, policy, which is generally a lot of the the um, investor stuff that we do and things like that. Right. We want to limit our coverage, you know, because you don't really know what's going on. Right. But then if you want, which are more retail, on your retail side, you want, a lot of times you want the extended coverage or you want the yeah, eagle policy. That's what the eagle right. policy. The eagle policy. That's what I was... And you see that more often on retail. Yeah. You know, right. you see that quite often on the retail where these, this property has been warranted you know, for years, and it may have been with the same owners, and yeah. now they're just finally, and they'll say, well, I want the Eagle policy. It's um, additional endorsements and additional coverage mm -hmm. that you would get versus just a basic policy. policy. So, um, I'm, I want to, y'all, that's why I said y'all going to be mad at me, because, so, because I'm going to pull you back again. I yeah, still feel like, hmm? Make go ahead. I just feel like people still don't, Look, I've been selling real estate a long time. I barely understand title. <laughs> I still feel like um, a newbie, first-time retail home buyer, still right now, after however many minutes in this conversation, still doesn't understand title because you don't understand how many times I walk a person through a purchase agreement and then I explain to them that, you know, um, this purchase agreement explains that you have to have marketable title. 
That's one of the conditions that have to be met in order, you know, for us to move to closing. Mm-hmm. And I'm still getting questions like, so um, is the title going to be free and clear? <laughs> Bruh. Right. <laughs> I mean, so that's but, what your and role is. They don't is. even know. Right. That's right. That's that's what our role is. Um, and they 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 say what they hear. You know, the common the common mm-hmm. things are: is the title going to be free and clear? Mm-hmm. I want to warn. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to um warn you. They don't even know what title is. They don't right. understand. You know, and, and again, they don't understand title insurance protects your investment. Mm-hmm. Okay. So whether right. it's a five thousand dollar deal or it's a five hundred thousand dollar deal, the whole concept be- behind title insurance is we go back that forty years or we go back that hundred years, depending on that search, and we're looking at everything to make sure it lines up. And if all the dots are connected and all the requirements that I identified early on have been right. satisfied, I'm guaranteeing you as that new buyer going forward from your cl- date of closing back, if anything Anything arises, you sitting in your home five years from now, 10 years from now, you still own that real estate and someone come knocking on the door talking about, I took care of the roof on this property, but I never gotten paid. Hey, right. At this time, their their claim may have lapsed, but for the mere fact that they had the, the balls, if I can say that, to right. knock on the door and say that I want to get paid for some service, <clears throat> you can call the underwriter. I may still be around. Hopefully I am. But if I'm not, that's why you have a policy. You're mm-hmm. going to call your underwriter just like you would look at your auto insurance policy or okay. any other policy. You have a policy number. You get a, an entire policy. Right. You call the underwriter and say, hey, I closed on this property five years ago or 10 years ago. Here's all of my paperwork. And now I got someone telling me that they have an interest in error or, or, or anything. It could be a, right. a valid interest or a non-valid interest. Mm-hmm. But for the mere fact that someone says that they had an interest in that property or some sort of claim against that property within that time span before you acquired it, that's why you want the title insurance. Because you don't know what took place up to the point that you came and sat at the closing table and you signed and you you tendered that check. Mm -hmm. All you know is what took place after you closed with your actions now. You don't know what took place with that seller telling you that it's free and clear. So that's the purpose behind title insurance. So what I tell folks all the time when I end my thing is, you've closed, all the requirements have been satisfied, you and your home, sit back and enjoy the ride. You got free and clear right. title. Because yeah. anything, <laughs> right. and you may not have free no. and clear title. But you, you feel may like not, it, though. But, but, you, but you know that yeah. you're protected. Right. It's just like when you at the dealership yeah. Yeah. and they say, okay, yeah, that car is yours, but I'm going to need you to call the insurance and I'm having go ahead and send over the, um, the insurance certificate. Right. So, you know, when you roll off the lot, how you feel? You got your big dog car, mm-hmm. yeah. and you protect it, and you like, oh, I'm good. Because I know right. when they swear with me, I'm like, oh, let them hit me if they want to. <laughs> I got time. I mean, I got um, all that. Full coverage. Full coverage. You feel protected knowing that you have that insurance. Now, again, it could be things that took place that right. isn't recorded, may not have been recorded, but what you guys got to keep in mind, Michigan, all states are different. Michigan is a race to record. Right. So I could have probably given Reg a mortgage or a mortgage against my property, but he lacks a day, so didn't go down there and record it. But everything else is taking place. Mm. For the mere fact that he didn't record it, his interest now comes behind. Yep. My, whether it's dated or not, you didn't get it on record, so it wasn't there. However, wow. the, pol- the title policy still is in place. So Reg now pop up with this mortgage talking about, oh, yeah, I had an interest. We as a title company still have to deal with it as the insurer. It, it, it may be a valid claim. It may not. But now this is the situation where we're going back to the seller. Right. And we're saying you sign this affidavit. 
Mm-hmm. And one of the questions on the affidavit was, right. did you pledge this property to anyone as collateral before we got to this closing? And right. Mr. Seller, you put no. Mm-hmm. You put right. no. Right. So guess what? We're going to sue you. Right. Right. So okay. let me let me ask you this, because you mentioned the like the contractor liens. So I always tell investors and I just had this come up. Um Basically, they should be getting sworn statements and waivers of lien waivers from their contractors as they're repairing these properties, correct? They should be. Yeah. You know, big job, small job. If there's anything that is um, an improvement for you to sell that property, especially the electrical, the roofing, the plumbing, things like that, those are huge. You know, you can do some interior painting. That's still work that's been performed. Right. So they call that hard cost. Versus the soft cost surveys and stuff like yeah. that. So anything you're having done where you're exchanging with that guy for $500 or more, you should be getting some sort of waiver. Right. Even if you're acting as your own, you know, a lot of times right. it's my house. So, you know, but I'm paying someone to provide these services. Right. I'm acting as my own general. You know, so yeah, once I'm done, once you're done, right. here's your money, give me a waiver. Even if it's a one, a one, a one thing, the right. roofing, give me a waiver. It was a small job, but... You've right. been paid. Give me my waiver. Little contract in place. That's how it should be. Good right. practice. But that's not what they do. What what our rule of thumb is, a lot of the land bank properties or maybe other properties that you've bought and you rehabbed them, we look at what you pay for them. Right. You pay 20 for it. But you didn't You didn't want it in there. You didn't act it out. <laughs> yeah. You didn't act it out. Now you're right. selling it for 80. You're selling it for more. We know that right. you, you got it for 20 we know where it was at now you selling you got it on the retail market and you about to get a conventional a buyer with a conventional yeah. mortgage and an appraisal we know that an extensive amount of work had to have been done in order for you to get from the 20 to the 80 to the hundred thousand mm-hmm. so one of the things that we put on our title search is we stip for and you guys probably see it on some of the more retail mm-hmm. than the new than the um right. the investor stuff we stip for the sworn statements and waivers. Right. Mm-hmm. And that catches a lot of the new the owners, the sellers, yeah. or or the, you know, some of the agents who may have done the contract work. It throws them off. They're like, mm-hmm. what, what do you mean? Right. Because they don't they don't know. They don't realize it. But that was a lot of improvements. I mean, a lot had to right. have been done for you to get from twenty to eighty. I mean, you put sixty thousand and some yeah. change in here. Right. You know what I'm saying? Okay, you okay. okay people, hold on, yeah. hold on. <laughs> stip, stip is stipulations that need to be met by the title company. But I got a question. <laughs> right. What? What? Is, so, is there a time frame for that? Like, so when you see that improvement from twenty to hundred, is it like, all right, under ninety days we look at it, under one hundred eighty days? We, we generally ask, and this, again, right. this affidavit, and you guys, every title company has it. It may, right. it may look different, but the content. Is the same. Right. Has there been any work performed on this home within the last 120 days? They mm. may constitute a lien. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and they, you know uh, they uh, have because uh, uh, it was a rehab project. Yeah, I, right. we know because it's a rehab. Mm-hmm. See, because and if I remember correctly, because this goes back to my new construction and my, my commercial, yeah. um, a contractor has, I believe, it's 90 days. And I may be off, so don't. It's you 120 know, days, uh, before, I believe. In order to file their lien, right. they got to go ahead and file, get that lien on record. So if they're doing this work for you and you're not paying them or y'all in a dispute, they're gonna go ahead and run down there. Or they should run down there right. and put yeah. their lien on record because they want to get paid and they have a certain amount of time from when the work Work has been performed right from when the work has been performed to make sure that they get the lien on record mm-hmm. and right. then they have a year from once the lien is on record to enforce that lien by way of a foreclosure or something if they don't right. get paid so that's why it's important for us as title folks saying 
We see the difference. We know the work has been done because their lien rights okay. trump the ownership. Mm -hmm. So their lien rights is going to trump you as the new buyer. If I don't cover my, you know, if I don't cover and ask for these sworn statements and waivers, their lien rights, whether the lien is recorded or not, right. if, if there's a dispute and they go down there and record a lien after the fact, the work was performed in order for us to get to the closed table and get the deal sold. Mm -hmm. right. So that's why, and, it, and it also for the lender's purpose, you know, because just jumping the gun a little bit, if we're doing retail, the lender want what? Yeah. First lien position. Right. First lien position. They want to be in front of the taxes. They want to yep. be in front of the yep. condo dues. They want to be in front of the um the contractor work. Right. They want first lien because if things go belly up and they got to sell this mortgage or this note, they mm -hmm. can't have things can. hindering them, such as unpaid taxes or yes. unpaid contractors. Mm -hmm. So again, for you guys that are out here, you know, because we got a lot of that right now. You're right. getting them at the low, low, and you're mm -hmm. putting the money mm -hmm. in there, and then you get upset when you say, well, I got to do sworns and waivers. I mean, it's part of it. It was a small job in your mind, but it's a simple template mm -hmm. off right. the state site, yep. the construction lien site. You go to the website, mm -hmm. state of Michigan, plug in the construction lien. They're going to bring up all the templates. We can go into waivers, but we'll do that at a right. different time. There's mm -hmm. different waivers, but at the end of the day, the point is you write down everyone that's done the job. You notate whatever that contract is, and as you're paying them, whether it's the whole thing or partial payments, you're getting waivers for that. What does the waiver do? I'm getting paid. I'm giving you a waiver saying I release my, I waive my lien rights to this amount right. based so upon they, what I've gotten paid from the contract we've agreed upon. Right. And if you, oh, go ahead. Oh, I, I just had a closing where the seller, you know, he did hire some people, mm -hmm. but he did quite a bit of the work himself. He had this property for like two years, mm -hmm. but it was such a huge project. And the title company was like, it's no way you did all of this work yourself. But he really did do the cabinets and some other stuff. And they were like, well, you need the handyman to help you sign a waiver. And mm -hmm. he's like, what handyman? I brought the jack stuff to put it up. Mm -hmm. They made him find receipts for everything he brought from Home Depot mm -hmm. to show that there was no material um, supplier liens going to come out. Yeah, if it was a huge job like that, yeah. I can see that happening. He'd be you know, better off getting that lien. I'm sorry. <laughs> he should have just I mean, hired somebody yeah. to do the work. Yeah, but the you don't know that. You, right. you know, you're a handyman. You got time on your hand. You're yep. like, oh, I'm going to put my own cabinets up. I'm a, you, yep. you just don't know, right. which is why we're doing this. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, but that had to be a significant job, and I can see that. Yeah. We found ourselves in positions where we've had to say, okay, the, the contractor's got to be paid at closing. Right. So, again, we're talking about you getting that hot 110 mm. after we uh, take off the, the payoff, yeah. you know, because you got the mortgage on there. You know you got the mortgage on <laughs> yeah. there. So we're going to deduct the mortgage. We got to take care of the water. We got to take care of the taxes. Right. Now we got to go talk about, okay, so your, your, your sworn statement shows all these guys st still haven't been paid. There's a contract balance. Okay, you know what? We're going to have to pay them at closing. Mm. And yeah. so we're going to itemize all, and, and it used yeah. to happen all the time mm. back in the day, right, right. all the time. We don't really <laughs> see it that much anymore, but it is part of it, especially on the big jobs. You know, if they haven't been paid in order for us, again, to guarantee the buyer that they're getting marketable title without all the headaches and the lenders getting personally in position, okay, let's list them. They come in, check, waiver, check, right. waiver, you know. So we got two messages here. Right. First message is this. So... I'm experienced. I feel like I'm experienced, very experienced. I still use a title company. Yeah, hundred percent of the time, right? right? Mm -hmm. So even if I, even when I do a quick claim deed, I still have the title company right. uh, do the title search. Yeah, at bare minimum, right? Right. Um, and then the other thing is uh, hire a contractor. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why, because even like when I do hard money yeah. loans, yeah. whenever they do a construction draw, mm-hmm. they want a lien waiver mm-hmm. for the work up to that point. Yeah. So it makes it easier for me because I already have all my waiver mm-hmm. signed yes. mm-hmm. prior right to closing. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people are not doing that. They're hiring somebody or somebody they met, mm-hmm. a handy, couple handymen. So I hire Masari, and um, <laughs> I don't get no don't, don't call Masari for your investment deal. <laughs> but wait, like we said with the attorney, if something happened to uh, Kashaka, then Man. his family coming for that money. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they don't care. <laughs> well, we, need to, we need to get to uh, attorney uh, Jeter. Jeter. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. Um, so, it was something. Oh, so when you and I talked on the phone, you were talking about um, some uncommon things that are, are coming up in title. Because <laughs> <laughs> with COVID, you're seeing some delays with recordings that was and that some gap. stuff that. Yeah. yeah, it um the gap the gap was there. It, right. It's kind of you know it pulled in a little bit, but what you have to keep in mind is, and this is always going to be there by the county being back open. Right. You can make an appointment. You know, you can just walk down there anymore, but you can make right. an appointment. You know, so put it like this. You can walk into me and say, Hey, I want you to e-record for me. Yeah. And I can, and that's where I'm doing it in house as a title company. Most okay. title companies have the ability to do the e-recording. Right. It just saves on time mm-hmm. going down there. And they're, they're, they're fairly fast depending on the counties. Right. Um, some counties you can't, but for the most part, Wayne County has even gotten better. Um, with their e-recording, okay. when we submit it, you know, we have to submit it through this platform and then let it run its course, depending on what type of document it is for certification or what have you. But at the same time that I'm pushing a document through e-recording, right. you can have someone that has made an appointment with the county oh, hmm, wow. and walk in and record their document. Guess whose document got on record first? Right. You know, and that that comes within that, again, Michigan is a race to record state, understanding who you're dealing right. with, understanding the nature of the business. You guys talked about it. There's folks that don't do anything but just sit back and figure out ways that they can yeah. they, they, they can get over. They, they, can, they can make a move, you know what right. I'm saying? Right. Um, so they're out there doing this, and I'm trying to e-record. So you, you have that gap there. That That's popular right now, again. Um, the One of the... It's a sad story, but it's something that's uncommon with COVID, you know, coming through and lives unexpectedly. You you got a lot of folks that just didn't have their affairs in order. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, when it relates to they talked about the will. Right. Talked about the trust. Mm-hmm. They talked about the ladybird deed. Right. Things that you guys, you know. Um, but the the parents actually put those things in place. They talked right. about taking the quick land. This is a good way of mm-hmm. using the quick claim deed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, a lot of people use quick claim deeds for purposes of we're getting a divorce and the judge said that mm-hmm. you get X amount of money and I got to deed my mm-hmm. interest over to you. Right. Claim deed. Yeah. Um, I want to take it from my name over to me and my husband if I was the only one on title or my husband and I, vice versa. Mm-hmm. Right. Quick claim mm-hmm. deed. Right. Um, <clears throat> I, I got it in my personal name, but I just created my LLC. I'm moving some things around. It's an investment property. I've gotten with my CPA and my attorney. Hint, hint. And I right. want to do a quick claim deed. Let me know. stop you. So right. to do that quick claim deed, though, you have to be, you have to own it outright, right? You can't, you can't quick claim deed if you have a mortgage on that property. You shouldn't, because you're going to muddy the title. Up. You, you, you could. Right. I mean, right. add but you can to title. Be careful with that. And I say you right. shouldn't because technically, <laughs> if you read the mortgage, mm-hmm. the, 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 the 24-page, mm-hmm. yep. the 30-page mm-hmm. mortgage. I think it's this, clause 17. Yeah. This yep. clause has been yep. there forever. Mm-hmm. 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 If you, you know, if you change the owner, mm-hmm. they can accelerate 
the the the, the um the terms. Call, yeah. do. Call right. it due. Yeah. I mean, do people do it? Hey, I'm not an attorney. Do people do it? You know, yeah. but just just know that. But those are things that people do. So in cases like that, the quick claim deal is good. Mm-hmm. You know. It could be a good deal. Like I said, I ain't mad at the good deal. I'm not knocking the good deal. We but just like you said, up a couple good deals just because it was a quick the, claim deed. The, it was a quick claim deed, and the title was just too muddy. Yeah, like it right. was um something that had come up where it was like the people owned the house, and then it was like a land contract out there that wasn't recorded. Yeah. Yeah. There was a quick claim deed that wasn't recorded, and it's like okay, and then there was a squatter. In the house, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you had like, and then the squatter that. was taking care of the house. Like when you ride past, when I rode past the house, I told Shock, I was like, "We have to get this house." And I literally, <laughs> we literally had to be like, "Nope." Just gonna leave it where it's at. No, I had it. Janita is uh, sometimes aggressive. it's not worth it. It's Janita not worth is aggressive. She's like, we you can we can figure it out. We'll get through it. You know what I mean? Right. No, Janita, not on this. Not on this. I swear. <laughs> but first of all, I would not be doing as much business as I do if I didn't make smart moves. One hundred percent. But you, it might cross yeah. my you head. Right. You but I will. Partner with you I will entertain it. Exactly. You know, I definitely yeah. will be like, okay, I'm going to search the title. I'm going to call around. I'm going to make sure. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. And just because of what you describe there right. doesn't mean that it's not insurable or it can't be quite get insurable. Yeah. Right. It's just how do we go about cleaning up that muddy water to make it mm-hmm. insurable? Right. So I mean, you know, it's how much money and mm-hmm. how much time exactly. do I have? Right. And how much okay, what how much am I getting this for? Mm-hmm. And I know what I gotta do on mm-hmm. the back end. That's when those decisions mm-hmm. come in. But real quick, I just want to go back to it, you know. So where I was going with it was, you know, with the whole COVID thing and um, just affairs not in order. You got a lot of folks that passed away, right. which right. now leaves, the property was in my name. I never put it over to my daughter and I, or I never put it in my husband. Right. You know, I didn't put it in my daughter with joint tenants, what, which was what my intent was. But I, I, I didn't have time. I didn't know my right. time was expiring, you know. Right. Um, we had a lot of that, and there's still a lot of that. I get those calls daily where it's, you know, mom, dad, grandma, whomever is gone, and this property was in their name. Mm. What do I do? You know, that's the general, you got to deal with probate. But we also came across a lot of, yeah. oh, yeah, I, I got the deed. Mm. <laughs> I got the deed. And it's yeah. like, yeah, yeah. You, you know. Deed, right? And it's right. a few things right. that, you know, being familiar with documents, mm-hmm. looking at notary dates, yep. looking at signatures, yep. looking at data dates, you could kind of just tell and you don't never want to tell someone oh, no that ain't you know That's because you, you don't know right but as title folks you know it's a way that we can examine certain documents mm-hmm. and say yeah we can't accept that you right. know and a lot of time that's the title company's discretion mm-hmm. um we're big on it because one of the other things that we see a lot of right now are handwritten mm-hmm. quick claim deeds um not by a title company not drawn right. up by a title company or drawn up by an attorney so we call it an uninsured transaction wow. and it's something that may have happened within the last six months to a year for us mm-hmm. our discretion is right. we need to have that deed re-executed or we need to verify the validity of that deed you'll be surprised we probably come across this 31 days in the average month we probably come across this 20 20 deals wow and wow. at least out of that 24 or 5 turn out to be fraud Right, Reg, explain yep. that. No, explain what she just. So she right. just was talking about. So she she was she was. Talk, so we we got what you were saying, know, but right. everybody else didn't get what she was saying in regards to what the issue is with that deed that she's talking about. So you got you got um, 
Uh oh. So you got a few. You got a few things going on. So some people, <laughs> some people are. Grandma passed away, um, June second, right? All of a sudden, it's this deed that was dated March of twenty twenty one that Grandma never signed. So you're showing up like, hey, I want to sell this property. I'm going to call a realtor, list it on the market. And you say, oh, I got the deed. Then you take it to Detroit Title, and they're like, this deed is kind of fishy. And they're going to look at the death cert. They're going to look at all of this. That deed doesn't hold up because it was predated, and the signatures might not match other documents. Because remember, they're looking at other documents that Grandma signed you know, the mortgage, the previous uh, records and things of that nature. You're like, this doesn't match up. Then the notary dates don't match up because some notaries you go to, you know, some people have hookups for notaries and they'll come and be like, oh, just date this. The notary don't understand all the little details when it comes to title and dates and everything. They're just dating and signing. So they can immediately spot most of that stuff out. It's called so fraud, it's, right? Yeah, it's basically fraud. <laughs> yeah. Going to jail. So, um, <laughs> so people get people get creative, um, and that's why, like, a lot of times, if people just go through the process, it's so much easier. Mm -hmm. You right. spend a few hundred dollars, it'll save you a ton of headache. Because what happens is. You say, okay, well, I don't want to deal with them. They asking for all that. Mm -hmm. It's always they asking no, for all of that. No, it's they doing too much. Yes. Yeah, you doing, doing too much. Yes. Why you? Why we got to have all that? Why mm -hmm. you ask me for all that? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, trying to run a guilt trip. Right. Then they go record that deed, right? Now they come back. That deed is on title. Now it's a bogus deed on mm -hmm. title. Now when they go to another title company, it comes up. And the title company may initially look at it and be like, okay, we good. But somewhere in between now and closing, it's going to come back to bite them again. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the things we're seeing where people are just kind of like, they got caught out there. Uh, grandma didn't take care of personal affairs. And so now you stuck. The family's trying to scramble. And sometimes they're doing it out of desperation. Mm -hmm. They just need the property. Or they don't so, know. Sometimes yeah, they honestly they don't, don't know. know. Yeah. Um, because not to cut you off, right. but sometimes you get it where, mm -hmm. you know, grandma said up on my mm -hmm. death, you get this property, yeah. shock of this you, yeah. yeah. you know, but they didn't know about the paperwork part right. of it. It was just mm -hmm. grandma said, sometimes they have a will. So it's as simple right. as mm -hmm. presenting that will to the probate courts yeah. or, but you get it more often. It's either on that side where it's desperation and they got to make something happen or it's the side of, I honestly I didn't know right. this is what I had to do. It was so nice. And yeah. so <laughs> here, here's the thing I tell agents and wholesalers. The more you know, the more you can help. Mm -hmm. So yes. if I have somebody come to me and they say, well, my aunt passed and I'm the only niece or nephew. She didn't have any kids. I need to sell this house right away. What can I do? I know several attorneys mm -hmm. I can refer them to. We can pull a title and say, hey, this is what you have to do. You're going to have to go through probate, but it can be easy if you don't have all these other issues to deal with. Put that message. Message is right. what? Message. What's the message? You gonna, attorney, you're going to have to go Call where? a professional, yes, and we can help. Yeah, you're going to have to go through pro <laughs> probate. You ain't getting out of that. Right? And help work. <laughs> Just go the right route. Your right. claim deed is not going to save you. Yeah, <laughs> you got to know the right route, yeah. and you got to contact the people that can help you yes. get through it. Yeah. 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 And, and I generally tell folks, don't call me yeah. because it's really nothing Call me if you don't get it, but don't call me saying, hey, mm -hmm. I, 
I, I need you to pull a title right now. Right. Because there's nothing that I can, if you know yeah. that it's a probate, I'm not your first call. Right. Your first call to, should be to your attorney. Yep. Or, or someone that can help you Get with that probate, <laughs> you know. Don't call, they call me and say, well, you're the title company. You, no, I, I can't until you get me the proper probate documents. Right. There's nothing that I can do, you right. know. Yeah. But they always call me, and I just, you know, I hate to see them waste their money. Yeah. Right. Um, you were explaining, you were explaining something earlier today, kind of like about back in the day title, and um, it was something that you were saying. Basically, you're talking about like, back when we used to write it with stone. Yep, <laughs> and you used to use facsimiles <laughs> and things like that. But you had me kind of. Um, reminiscing a little bit, I felt like there's been like a shift in um, what title companies do. Like for me, the title company is like, you know, they make everything nice. They um, get the package and they put it together and wrap it with the bow. And then we go in there, we have coffee <laughs> and a great time and sign documents. But now I would say within like the last 24 months or so, it almost seems like um, with title companies in general, it, I don't, it doesn't matter which ones. It's just not that same level of customer service. I don't know if it's like the stress, the headaches that people are giving to the title company, like, but there has been like a change in my it's, opinion. It's a huge change. And we were talking about that for me. And I guess for me, it starts with the foundation. Mm -hmm. And you and yep. you know, and what I mean by that is 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 title companies popping up everywhere and I'm not knocking it. Get your money. Mm -hmm. But if you don't understand the foundation part of it, right. you really can't provide the level of service that comes with it. Mm -hmm. Like for me, it was like title company boot camp. Mm -hmm. You know, I right. mean, I was over at First American. Mm -hmm. Then I came from First to Lamont Title, and I told you everything right. that I, I that I had to deal with. But I also have the experience of a builder, a mortgage company, so I know kind of know to clear to close, and I know this, and I know that. But then also, it's that foundation of customer service mm -hmm. and interaction and explaining documents. For me personally, I feel like we've gotten away from that. Yeah. Right. In the sense of we're all busy. We're all very busy. We all rely on our phones. Yeah. We all rely on our emails. I'm the first one probably up two, three in the morning trying to do some, you know, but I stopped yeah. responding to certain people mm -hmm. because they're like, she sent me an email at three in the morning. Mm -hmm. So I hold that until the morning and I'm popping out. But you know, it's about understanding your client, understanding customer service. My team knows I'm big on, for yep. example, I'm doing a deal with Reggie right now. I'm like, did you call him about, and I, I hope yep. I can say this, a $9,500 water bill right? or $6,500 yep. They show call me. It, it's <laughs> like, because, and I, I'm saying this as mm -hmm. an example where he's got this deal, he's ready to go. We got our numbers together. But the first thing yep. that stuck out was a $6,500 mm -hmm. water bill, which could make or break the deal. <laughs> so I could have easily just sent him an email and say, hey, your statement's in your inbox. Look right. at it when you can. But something like that deserves more than just an email. It's, hey, your statements are in your box. Make notation. It's a $6,500 water bill. And you know what? I'm going to call you, too, because yep. I know you're busy. And you're probably in a closing. You're probably doing a showing. Let me just put this at the top of your priority list. Mm -hmm. What I find a lot of, and, 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 you know, and I love my team. I love them. I love you guys. But I'm always, did you call? Did you follow up with a call? Um, because it's that level of customer service and that little bit of an extra. We right. all get busy. Mm -hmm. We're all very stressed. I'm very stressed. So this is a but. true story, kid you not. That deal was actually scheduled to close this morning. Mm -hmm. It was Pontiac property. Mm -hmm. um, I got the call a few days ago about that water bill. I called the seller. It's a probate deal, actually. Mm -hmm. um, called the seller, and we went through it. And your girl, I forgot which one it was. Probably but Sierra. 
Yeah, she said she had already spoke to the water department. They acknowledged they went to turn it off two years ago, but they couldn't because the valve was broken. So we coordinated with the seller. We're going out next week to do an actual read and let them inside the property so that they can see the meter. So they'll do some type of adjustment for the bill so we can still close. If I hadn't got that call or that communication wasn't there, we probably would have had a dead deal because mm -hmm. this lady is thinking she's getting, you know, walking away with 25. Now you're talking about 14,000. It's like, that's a nightmare. That's super. So, and that's, that's, just, yeah. and that's just the water balance. We're not right. even talking yeah, about the, the escrow. Yeah. That right. gotta, you, you know, right. and so just back to your point, um, we've gotten away from that because we right. get, hey, let me text real quick. Yeah, or, you know, we get so busy that, you know, everything is done because we send our stuff out by email. Most title companies do. Right. And people got to understand, too, in fairness to us as the title people, I get it a lot. Well, what did I hire you for? What do I need an attorney for? I got you. Well, I'm sorry. I'm not an attorney. Right. But what I what I am willing to do is can you pull up that email I sent you? Let's go over a, B, and C, and D. Yeah. But that's the title company's discretion mm -hmm. to do that. Yeah. You'll find a lot of title companies to say, I sent you the commitment. I sent you the docs. Go get an attorney and figure it out. Because me going over it with you is going to slow me down for getting to my right. next file. Sure. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So I think a lot of people also don't understand how big of a role the title company actually huge. plays um, in the actual transaction. I mean, we really don't have anything without the title company because we can have a buyer and a seller and a purchase agreement <laughs> but if they're getting a mortgage but it's two sides yeah the right. title company don't realize or sometimes we don't realize <clears throat> the role that we play mm -hmm. you know we play a huge role too because again back to this had we not like reg you need to look at your email or you need to help us get on this that would have right. wasted his time the seller's time yeah. the seller would have been mad at him he's looking bad because <clears throat> Again, we didn't kind of put emphasis on that. Now, did we have to? No, we could have just said, get your statements and look at them when you when you yeah, do. But right. the emphasis make it a little bit mm -hmm. more. But then on the flip side, we get a lot of the sellers coming in and they don't tell us everything. Yeah, Sometimes right. they know this stuff. Absolutely, yep. they know, and they don't. Yep. They don't tell the agents. So the agents prepare. They don't tell you guys, or they definitely don't tell us, or the agents. Sometimes no, yep. no. that's because people don't understand what the title company. They, it's like you know, you cannot tell us, but we're still going to find it um, because there's going to be a title search. There's going to be a search, <laughs> and then if you don't tell us at that point, because we've had a lot of deals blow up at the table because again, mm -hmm. that old-fashioned nifty um, <laughs> owner's affidavit. Mm -hmm. Have you been married or divorced mm -hmm. during yeah. the time of owningness? Have you been in a bankruptcy? Have you been in this and that? Which right. goes back to me saying, and while a lot of people be like, you're always doing classes. I do the classes because I'm giving you the tools to be successful when you go on your showing and you sitting there writing a contract. Uh, is that mine? Yeah, that's somebody's phone. Oh, okay. I'm that's giving you title <laughs> order. <laughs> right. I'm giving you the classes when you sitting there, you know, because if they say, well, yeah, you know, I got to call my attorney about my bankruptcy. Ding, ding, ding. Mm -hmm. That's right. going to give you, ask, it's going to stop. I want to know about that though. Um, I, I don't know if we did anything on our list, but um, we are no longer um, dollar state. Right. Dollar rights. Dollar rights. Right. Yeah. Right. For so, purchases. There's the dollar rights mm -hmm. for signing off, but if it's a refi, there's still what's called homestead rights. Mm -hmm. Right. So, go ahead. Yeah. So, I guess, I mean, you're kind of answering the question there. So, when we're uh, buying, 
we we should technically, as a married person, I can go and buy a house mm-hmm. without my husband or my wife. Mm-hmm. But I can't sell this house. <laughs> It mm-hmm. seems like without my husband or my my you, wife. Now you can. No, yeah, you can. But now you the can. title company still comes and add, and makes that person sign. Like no one seems to be upholding that the fact that we're no longer a state that you know you have to have that wife's or husband's signature. I don't know why. I think that's a title company preference. You've been dealing with the wrong title company. Okay. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, no really, because <laughs> it's been a yeah. few years now. Yeah. Now, if it, again, if it's a refinance, mm-hmm. and you know, and and you're doing it without the husband, but you guys are married, um, there are certain documents, the um, the note, not the note, because that's your credit obligation, but the mortgage and some other stuff. If this is primary residence too, right. for homestead purposes, mm-hmm. and also for the bank, again, if things go belly up, yeah, and they need to foreclose, you know, um, from a collateral, yeah, come to? from a collateral yeah. standpoint, not no right. obligation, but just the, the, the mortgage collateral. So from her homestead perspective, spouses would need to sign if it's that type of loan. But if it's a sale or a purchase, um, yeah, no. And it, it's always kind of been like that for the women. You know, mm-hmm. a woman yeah. back yeah. in the day, you know, you could buy, sell, sell or do whatever your without your husband, but it was the flip. The man, you know, he was like, I bought this by myself. Mm-hmm. Well, you married. Now she got to come <laughs> on in here. You mad, I know. Right. But she got to come on in here. But they stopped that um, four five, It's been about mm-hmm. three or four years. Yeah. So in some title companies, what they're doing is they look at when the husband brought it. If he brought it by himself before the law took, took effect mm-hmm. and the change, they may still ask the wife to come back. That? You know what I mean? But I mean, that's just some title company. Yeah. No, no, so, you're right. Yeah. Again, so, it's that discretion thing. You yeah. know, like I said, there's certain things that we do the next or vice versa, you know? Yeah. Okay. And it, it yeah. was a little bit of an um, explanation about, right. so people that um, sell properties, right? I sell it for $25,000. Right. And I'm leaving with 6000 Right. Which is what she just explained. Right? <laughs> and they'd be like, what the, what's going on? I just had that situation uh, a couple weeks ago, that house that we talked about where right. there was a squatter in there. Uh, right. At the table, the father came there. It was a father and a son right. that uh, owned the property together, but the father quick claimed the property to the son. Right. And the son was selling it to me for a number. Yeah. But his bottom line was a different number because he had... Taxes, taxes, yep. water, yeah, um, and the, whatever he had, right? <laughs> but the number, the dad seen the number, <laughs> which she said, right? Right. The dad seen the number, and he like, uh, uh-uh. he he almost didn't sign. So here's <clears throat> the thing I tell people: the the market don't care what you owe on a the property; they just care what the market value is, right? So people will say, "Oh, I'm selling my house for 150. I'm only walking away with 120." Well, you haven't paid taxes in three years. The market don't care what you owe. It's only worth 150000 So you walking away with one twenty is not the buyer's fault. So right. some sellers think that, oh, well, they ain't give me enough or whatever. Or I got to get more. No, you don't have to get. Well, you want to get more, but you're not getting it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you still owe these taxes. If we cancel this deal, you still got to pay those mm-hmm. taxes, mm-hmm. whether it's out of, the po- out of pocket or out of the sale. So a lot of people think that. So what I do is when I walk into a property, a listing, or whether I'm buying a property, I give people an estimated net sheet. That mm-hmm. foundation. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that I can show, I can say, hey, here's what your estimated cost, title insurance, state transfer tax, um, commissions, whether it's a commission or not, all the fees, 
and then they'll see their net, and then I'll say this does not include past due taxes, water bill, mortgages. This number, you subtract what you owe from there. So when we get to closing, it may be off a hundred or two hundred dollars, but not ten thousand. Mm-hmm. Message: Get a real estate agent because right. that person did right. not have a real estate agent. Right. Sure. You know, right? But it's the same thing <laughs> in the small deals. You know, yeah. in those numbers, you know, you may not see it as much. As yeah, much it's still because mm-hmm. you still you mm-hmm. you looking at some significant right. dollars there. But when you looking at twenty, mm-hmm. yeah. and here she is walking away with six, if six, yep. it's a sticker shock. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we got, and that's what that whole assignment, uh, yeah. you know, flip, yep. quick claim, deed, back and forth type thing comes in. And a lot of our newer sales folks in mm-hmm. the industry, yep. you know, they don't, they're not familiar with the various sites, you know, for being <laughs> able to retrieve tax information in <laughs> right. advance, understanding how the dynamics of water within the city of Detroit could have six, seven water yep. accounts, mm-hmm. you know, um, understanding blight, something we're up against, you know, for certain parts of the city. Um, there, it, That just doesn't click because mm-hmm. they don't know, you know what I'm saying? Right. So all they know is, Mr. Seller, that's how much I'm offering you. Mr. Seller is like, yeah, that's how much I'm going you know, to get. And they forget about <laughs> that middle right mm-hmm. there. Right. And, you know, one of the things that we go back to doing is we'll do a net sheet. We'll mm-hmm. do a preliminary. I do like three. You know, um, you know. But folks right. don't know. And, mm-hmm. and it goes back to you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. But just right. on sure. that real quick, mm-hmm. and I think you guys talked about this right. with the whole quick claim thing mm-hmm. a lot of people don't understand you know business partners we're mm-hmm. going into business together or you know i own it but i want to put my daughter mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. joint tenants or you know different verbiages for different purposes be careful mm-hmm. yeah who you putting on your title because if they have personal matters going on in their life the moment their name touches real estate those matters now become an issue right. with that real estate. And I'm bringing that up because you said dad owned it. Mm-hmm. Dad popped it over to son mm-hmm. by quick claim mm-hmm. deed. Right. Had son had matters going on. He probably wouldn't have even gotten six if he would have had a state lien sure. or, yep. you, you know, <clears throat> something, because tax. all yes. that's got to come off yep. and get mm-hmm. paid, you know, in order for the new buyer to get title insurance right. with that warranty deed. For mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Well, I want to ask a question. Okay. Um, we got to talk about these LLCs. Mm. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> so a lot of people, they're selling their, and we've had this happen. Mm-hmm. Someone's selling a property in their LLC, and they're like, uh, well, who's the check going to be made out to? And I'm <laughs> like, the owner. Why well, own it? Why well, can't be made out to me? No, your company owns it. Mm-hmm. So who, who, well, first of all, what documents does a title company need for a LLC, if the, if it's a seller or a buyer in that case, and the checks are always going to the company. Correct. All right. If it's a cash transaction, right, or it's a land contract can transaction, which right. is considered on the cash end. If you are the buyer, right. we're only asking that you're duly filed with whatever state. Delaware, Nevada, right. um, Michigan, wherever you're duly not not that you're, some of them states. Not that yeah. you're not that you're about to file or you're mm-hmm. about to set your LLC up or you submitted the application, but when I right. go on the site, I, I I don't see anything. No, right. you're duly filed because what you have to keep in mind is that as an insurer, I can't insure something that doesn't exist. Or is right. not filed, okay? Because I'm insuring you, that LLC, that you have good title. Right. You have to be duly filed. So what we're looking for when you're on the buying end are your articles of organization. Right. 
um, and evidence that you're in good standing. You can't be out there and you're not in good standing because, again, you could be in the middle of getting defunct and we don't know this. And right. now we're back to we've just insured a not in good standing LLC. Right. You know, so, again, we're back to it's an impact on our title policy. OK, so from a buyer standpoint with cash, articles of organization, you're duly filed. Right. A lot of times folks may present us with their operating agreement. The more, the better. We'll right. read through it. You give it to us. We read through it and we see something in there that talks about there's two or three officers and you have to have a resolution for one. Now, you just opened up a can of worms. Right. You showed it to me. I can't turn a blind eye. I need what I need. But on the surface, it's cash. We just need to know that you're filed in your articles. Mm -hmm. Now, on the flip side of that, you're selling. I don't care if it's, oh, let me back up. If you're getting any type of mortgage, whether right. it's one of these hard mm -hmm. money loans or it's a, a regular mortgage and you're the buyer, you are, as the buyer, pledging your property mm -hmm. for a mortgage. So you're pledging that collateral for financing. We must see what's called the operating agreement for LLC, the bylaws into a resolution for the um, corporation partnership. We need to review the partnership agreement and it may come with some sort of resolution. Reason being is because someone is now signing on behalf of that company that's pledging this property for that mortgage. So we need to make sure that the officer, if it's right. an LLC, is the manager and a member that's right. doing this. If it's a, a, a um, corporation or whatnot, it's the president or someone who has the ability to make that decision right. and bind that company. So we do need to go a little bit deeper and see the actual operating agreement of those documents because they tell us these are the affairs. This is what's going on with the company. It goes right. into a little bit more with how to handle things business-wise, but we're looking for who's the managers, who's the officers right. mm -hmm. that can actually mm -hmm. make these decisions. Right. So if you're getting a small, I'll give you getting a small mortgage. You got one of your hard money lenders and they're like, well, we want a loan policy. Well, I need operating agreement or I need, Right. the bylaws for your um, corporation or your partnership. Um, if you are selling, I don't care if it's cash, land contract, mortgage or whatever. If you're on the sales side, right. we need one, you must be in good standings. We still need those articles of organization and we need, it's a must that we have that operating agreement. Right. It's a must that we have those bylaws and that resolution. It's a must that we have that partnership. Mm -hmm. It's a must that we have that trust agreement or current certificate of trust agreement if you're dealing with an attorney. Trust. These are things that we must. Reason being is because it goes back to what I said. I can tell you all day long that, oh, yeah, right. I can, yeah, they said I can sign. <laughs> I can sign for the company. Right. But if I, if the officer, the bona fide officer of that company or the manager did not give me the authority by way of some sort of resolution or something, not a POA, not a power of attorney, right. but a resolution granting me to do these things, I don't have the ability to bind this company or sell this, or this sell real estate. You right. know? Um, so what I always tell folks is when you're buying and you know you're setting your LLC up, get with your accountant, get with your attorney, go ahead and get those operating agreements. Right. Go ahead and get those par um, partnerships. Just get that stuff in place because you're going to need it. Yeah, I get it. You're the manager. You're the <laughs> owner. It's yours. But you're managing the LLC. Yep. But as you like said... That's how we have a closing. Y'all be calling. No, yes. about, signing authority, I, we, right? Well, signing authority. And the, Emma has it probably in her files, but I still get a call. <laughs> and then, but, and well, guess what, though? Sometimes to... it can change. <laughs> yeah. So, like, you know, I mean, yeah, we ain't done a deal in six months, mm -hmm. nine months, mm -hmm. a year. Yep. I don't know what changed, so I may just ask the question. Update. Has anything changed? Oh, yeah, I took so-and-so off. Oh, yeah, I amended it. Because if you don't ask... 
Then you don't know that I need it. But now he always talk about no because, and he don't know what actually be about to come out my mouth. Oh, (laughs) yeah. But but people don't understand, you know, because and you know sometimes you have those that are sole members. So you know there's certain things that different title companies can do to assist there. Right. But even with that, I'm sorry, John. I know that you're the sole member. I know you're the only um, guy that runs this. But you put the property in John's LLC. So right. that's who we must pay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I mean, and it's so funny because I got one People just the other day. The he bought it from the, the Wayne County Treasurer. It's some LLC. LLC not in existence anyway. Mm. Right. And he's like, well, what do you want me to do? I need you to go. Go buy it. Right. So here's the thing. Has the tax sale come some, yet? Somebody can. September. Yeah, somebody can, somebody can go file that LLC name. Mm-hmm. So if you put... Mm-hmm. If if I put this property in in John Doe LLC, mm-hmm. um, an associates or whatever, and then I never file and own the business John Doe LLC, somebody else go, oh, I, my name John Doe LLC. Right. Now you got a problem. So you right? snooze, you lose. Are you going to allow that? Are no, you gonna... well, I mean it's been situations where the names have been a lot of times. And this, you know, like I say, look at your deed. Make sure your deed is mm-hmm. right. And sometimes we catch it when the deed is rolled yeah, up. Yeah, you can do it. You can do David. John LLC. And we go on Laura and we look. We like mm-hmm. we don't see, but it was actually John Doe. Mm-hmm. Right. Those mm-hmm. words matter. Mm-hmm. Um, things happen. Mistakes happen. Right. And you know, you can have John LLC, but when we go and look, we don't see it, but we see John Doe. And then when you look at the address, and you look. I mean, it's discretions that you can yeah. make internally. Mm-hmm. Um, but it still boils down to everything. You got to make it make sense. Right. You question, have to make it make sense. I got a question. If I own my property and I deed it to my LLC, does that void my uh, title policy? I was just, I'm glad you asked that because you right. had said it earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, what? Yes and no. Okay. Yes and no. If you do it the proper way, because keep in mind as an insurance company, and I put emphasis on that because people right. don't understand how important it is. We, we don't just do what we do to be like, oh, yeah, we're going to close you. We are an insurance company. Mm-hmm. Right. We're providing a policy. Mm-hmm. So we take this serious, you know. Right. Um, and you purchased this property in, in your name. And now right. you're flipping it to your LLC. Right. You really should have your policy endorsed. Okay. You should go back to whatever. And I send people away all the time. Everybody want to call me. And when they <laughs> told me to call you, and I appreciate it. But you know what? It's not worth the money for me. Right. Because you may lose on the flip side mm-hmm. if I don't give you the service that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. So I'll tell you, go back to the title companies that you close with. Because right. they insured you, Reggie per- Reginald right. Perryman. And now you want to put it in Reginald Perryman's LLC. Right. You're probably an officer of that. Provide them with ev- all the evidence that you're an officer within that business entity. Right. Get the proper endorsement mm. right. to your policy. Right. Basically, it's an endorsement saying that we're now changing the insured. We've looked at everything as the underwriter. We're satisfied with everything, and now we'll extend that policy coverage on. But if you do that outside of the title company, and and I have people come, well, I'm going to do this anyway. Mm, Yeah, I don't think you should. (laughs) And if you have a claim, if you have a claim, you're leaving yourself for the underwriter to say, well, first off, who's the insurer? So I, hold on, they're doing that doing a quick claim deed, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. So there's no, <laughs> there's no warranty behind it if you don't get the endorsement. And a lot of and for us, we say if you want to get the endorsement, let's do a warranty deed. You can right. warranty from yourself over mm-hmm. to your LLC. It's, yeah. You can do it for a dollar yeah. or whatever yeah. because it's for a purpose, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. But it's how you do it. Mm-hmm. And again, it's one of those you don't know what you don't know. Right. You know? That's mm-hmm. the way right. to do it. Okay. You know. Um, you need to make sure that policy carry through because if you do not, and if a claim comes up, 
you're leaving room for the underwriter to say, eh, yeah, we insured Reggie. We didn't insure Reggie. And it's a quick claim deed. Those hidden paragraphs within the policy. Right. So. Okay. Well, <laughs> second time trying to say no. <laughs> this was really good. Emma, we really appreciate you coming. I know we all call. We got to have you back, too. <laughs> and we definitely, definitely need so to have you back. Together. And, you know, I, I this is really good. I, I'm... I'm always interested. It's crazy, right? There's <laughs> always so much to talk about, though. You know, yeah. I mean, title is a black hole. Mm, right. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Yeah. So right. um, we appreciate you coming. Thank you so much for your time and your energy. Thank we appreciate you. you. Thank, Thank you. you. And I want to say that, you oh. know, the tax sale, people, you can register now, but, you know, the tax sale is coming up. As soon as you get your deed, contact Emma. Or, be, well, as soon as you get your deed, contact Emma so you can... Go through clearing yeah. title. Yeah. Um, Emma, yeah. how do we find you? Oh, well, a few ways. You know, <laughs> right. now, I don't know my IG. Reggie probably know it better than me. But of course, my um direct is um the office number 313-846-5200. You can press zero and find me. My cell phone, everyone has it. It's probably all all over the bars in the city, <laughs> everywhere. The churches too. Right. Uh 248-767-8250. My email is elder at det. D-E-T, title.com. Of course, I'm on Facebook by my name. Just look up Emma Elder Hall. And I don't know my IG. <laughs> right. hey, and she gave out her cell number. Oh, right. Text, text her a message, not documents. <laughs> oh, my God, yes. <laughs> People be texting home mortgages. Somebody they do. And you'll see that finger holding it. Right. They flipping pages. Yes, please don't do that. Yeah. You can find me at Johnita Stanton on Instagram, Johnita Stanton on Facebook. Um, Google me, Johnita Stanton. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Reggie is real estate or Google Reginald Perryman, you'll find me. Shaka Sales, S H A K A Sales.com or Masari Contractors.com. Thanks. All right. All right. Thanks a lot. Appreciate you, Emma. All right. All righty. Right. Look, I don't know what's going on over here. This is the first time we got kicked yeah. out. We, yeah. it's, it's I 10 tried o'clock. to wrap it up when it was time, but they didn't. Oh, let they me. kicked us out. I saw yeah, I wanted to get a.